It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda, and I am your host and also a franchise consultant. And I match people with franchise opportunities based on skills and personality and goals. Been doing it for 17 years, and I help people around the country and offer free service to help people understand the world of franchising, whether it's a fit for them uh, or not, because it's definitely not for everyone, but we want you to come into it knowing everything that you could possibly know. So with that, check out my book, uh, Franchise Savvy, number one bestseller in Amazon in the book section. It's my stories, my failures, and my successes in franchising. A lot of information there. And also check out my new online course, the A to Z's on how to buy a franchise, all available on thefranchiseacademy.com. Today, I am excited to have a very smart woman with me. And she is going to talk to us about business from a different perspective about really the CEOs. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about partnering. So if you're working with your spouse or working with another partner in a business, starting up a franchise, we have with us today, Kezia Robinson. Did I get that right, Kezia? You did indeed. Ah, Excellent job, Tom. Dynamite. I thought it was going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Kezia is um, an awesome lady who is a business strategist, a CEO, a CEO coach, um, and she really helps folks um, by helping, helping them shape shift their business. That's what her clients say. And it's someone, she is someone that coaches businesses through any challenge, the, regardless of the type of challenge or the size of the challenge, she can help them. And she helps them with the 3D modeling. Um, and I want to talk about that in a second. So mm-hmm. Kezia, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. Great to be yeah. here. No, this is so fantastic. I think you're in the Boston area, is that right? I am. I am. So I work, um, I was just saying I was in Florida near you uh, for about a month earlier this year. And I I do work with people all over the States. I don't hear a Boston accent for some reason. You got to get a couple of beers and a a Patriots game. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry, it'll come out. Very well said. I like that. (laughs) And a Patriots game. Um, awesome stuff. So, um, what is this 3D modeling? Um, what do you mean by that? So, uh, the 3D model is something I use. Um, most of my clients come in, whether it's a, a single business owner, CEO, founder, or a partnership, co founders, and they're overwhelmed. We say they're doing too much, not getting app done. So, the 3D model I came up with is, uh, is something I say, you know, first you delete, then you delegate, then you do. So we go and we take a look at everything that you've got on your plate. It's one of the first things I do with people after goal setting. Take everything on your plate and we start to process what, do you, what doesn't need to be done at all. You'd be surprised, I'm sure, how many things are on that list. Then look at delegation, what could be done by somebody else, what could be outsourced. And then we look at what, do you, what are actually is, I always say, what's at your pay grade? 
because you're not above doing anything. So part of leadership is really understanding what's at your pay grade so that you will delegate to your team and give them the opportunity to grow by giving them the work that is appropriate for them. So that's one of the first things I do. And sometimes it takes a while because people will fight you. They will fight you on it. So it's a, it's a fun part of coaching. Even though they're paying you to bring, they're paying to bring you in, they still fight you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're our our own greatest enemies. I think we know in business and in life, but in, in business, especially and uh, it can be really hard. Sometimes people cruise right through it. I always start with the low-hanging fruit. So I'm like, let's take something, maybe, you know, the delete, you just need a little explanation, a little backup on it. Some people, it's really, really hard. There's something going on. They're really concerned about control. They have some disappointment from their their previous, maybe a business venture that didn't work out, all sorts of stuff. Some of those times it takes a lot to work through. And sometimes we cruise right through that piece. It's one of the, the things about coaching is, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you until we get into it. What do you think is the most common thing that folks need to delegate to, you know, a CEO or founder, you're sitting there pulling your hair out. What do you find is the most common thing? Um, finance, big one. People often are afraid of having someone see the numbers whether they're good, they're bad, they're indifferent. Uh, and, and, and it is a business and business is about money, but we've been taught a lot of times not to talk about money. It's bold. I'm, I live in New England. They, they think it's in bad taste to talk about money here, but I lived in California for a long time, lived in other places where people only talk about big numbers. They refuse, you know, they can't walk around. They'd, they'd be afraid if anyone knew that they were struggling with something. So that's one of the things that can be very psychologically hard to delegate and um, even though it really makes no sense for you to do your own bookkeeping, you should understand your books, but you do not need to be do your own bookkeeping. Uh, so that's the biggest thing I would say that is take sometimes it, sometimes people you just introduce, introduce them to the right person, boom, they're done. Other times got to kind of work it for a while to get them comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and spot on. I mean, I, I feel the same way that a lot of people just don't want to talk about money, but how could you talk about business without talking about money? Yeah. Know, that is, is kind of weird. Um, and so it's cool that you could get people past that, even though it does take a lot of work. I think also the, um, the whole idea of knowing your books is important, but you really need to develop a team. And the number one yeah. person on your team should be a really good CPA um, yeah. that can really help you with taxes because yeah. one of the big benefits of owning a business is having a different type of tax code that you adhere to as opposed to a yeah. employee. Yeah, for sure. And you can get mixed. I mean, there's so many incentives and I'm sure you've had CPAs on here. So many incentives and they come, they go, they're state, there's local. So it, it is, I think, um, it's core in general to be thinking about, I would say your advisory board sounds a little cheesy sometimes, but to be thinking about not just you know, my CPA is not just the, somebody I pay a couple hundred bucks a year to send in the tax forms. Your CPA is probably somebody you pay a couple thousand dollars a year because they are saving you that money and more, and they are helping you really plan for the whole of your career, of the whole of the business cycle, uh, up into including if you choose to sell the business at some point. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. And I know that you help people prepare for the sale of their business. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the, the number one thing you need to 
to know in order to sell a business is what you're going to do on the other side. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard other coaches or consultants, they'll say, oh, you're, you're trying to fire yourself. And I'm like, that's terrifying, right? Who wants to be out of a job? You know, who wants to, you know, who wants to be like, like if you wanted to sit on the beach and just collect, you know, if you just want to sit on the beach and do nothing and earn some interest on some bonds sitting somewhere, you would not have started a business, right? Mm. This is, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, even with franchises being a great um, entryway because so much of the structure is provided for you. But in general, running a business is not for the faint of heart. You have to have a certain entrepreneurial spirit for it. And those people don't want to sit on the beach, mm-hmm. at least not full time. So one of the first things that's really important is what does your life look like on the other side? What are you going to do? Are you starting a new business? Are you going to get involved with some nonprofits? Are you investing in other companies? Um, that is one of the core things and often it takes people a while that can be hard for them to get in touch with what they're going to do on the other side. But if they don't know, they will sabotage the process of selling the business. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yes, almost indeed. like on a subconscious level, they're sabotaging. Right. And especially if you have partners, right? Cause one of the things that I, I work with is, is partners and, and franchises that can often be a married couple is, one person's got a different agenda. They haven't had that conversation about what does it look like for us afterwards, or they're if maybe not married friends, they're on different tracks, right? They have different income needs. They have different dreams about what they're going to do with the money and how much they need. And if you don't have all of that in alignment, every what'll what'll happen is there'll be a, one person says, "Oh, I need X amount of dollars." The other one says, "I need Y amount of trailing income." Mm-hmm. Right, and the, but they'll fight over something like that. When you're like, both of those things can be taken care of. You can make the transaction work. One person wants to stay with the business. One person wants to leave. You can make that work, but you need to know what's going on. And usually, people assume they're in agreement about things. We always, we always agree. We know exactly what's going on, and then I'll get them separated and say, "Well, tell me the story. Like, what are the top three priorities?" Totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you know partnerships or or marriages in a business it's it's tough, but yeah. it's definitely a necessity for for a lot of people. So to know how to go in and structure it and and tackle all the issues up front before they become issues, you know, yeah. on the back end, um, is really important. Yeah, really important. And then how, how did you identify that like this problem of partners? banging heads or not knowing what the other one is doing. Well, I, um, so I, when I left corporate world, I went and turned around a business for a friend of mine and, uh, and it was in pretty bad shape. So it was a, it was took quite a bit of work and, but managed to turn around in a year, triple sales did, you know, got everything going in the right direction, but it was, it was her baby. So I then, but we, I mean, it was over everything showing up on time for meetings, what, what constituted professional behavior, what constituted professional dress, right? Um, where the money was going to be spent, invested in, you know, product development essentially versus uh, invested in marketing, all of these things. And our friendship almost didn't make it. I had to leave the business. And even then, we didn't talk for probably a good six months before we could put it back together. And so if I had known 
if I had had someone like me with us, we'd had someone a coach at that time, maybe I, we, we would have gone about things in a very different manner. And I think it would have been a, a lot easier for us and the business probably would have grown even more and succeeded even more because we would have been harnessing the power of the two of us together instead of having us each at 50% because the other half of us was fighting with each other. Yeah. Well, I look yeah. at business as a sport and every great athlete has a coach. Mm-hmm. And, and so people in business need coaches, people yeah. like you, who could see you know, the forest through the trees um, yeah. and identify what the issues are and help people kind of untangle all the nonsense that they get themselves involved with. Yeah. I hear you. I read uh, something about you talking about helicopter parenting a business. Mm-hmm. Share that with us. What, what do you mean by that? So, um, so helicopter parenting, it's something it's a little more common in the, the newer generations. Um, but it's, it's when the parents kind of hover around, right. You know, and it's like the, they're driving up to, you know, the kids are going off to college and they're driving up to pick up their laundry and they're this, and they want to spend all the time. And they want the, you know, they're like, they're in there up in there and they cannot let their kids live their own lives. Business owners do this a lot to the business. They want a helicopter, especially when the business, maybe if it's grown, let's say you might own multiple franchises or something, is showing up, dropping in all the time. A lot of times they see it, uh, they want to be on every sales call. If it's a sales, they're trying to, and it's this sense that they they can't, that's the delegation part, right? Is that they can't let go enough to really let the business grow on its own. And, you know, I mean, and I don't know about you or me, but we've all worked for other people. And if somebody's sitting on top of you like that, how long are you going to stay? What you end up with are people who can't, who aren't independent and who aren't going to think for themselves. And let's say you're trying to sell your franchise to maybe the manager. You're trying to, that's like your exit strategy. Um, You're not going to have a manager who could actually purchase and run that because you sat on top of them so much that you've driven away all the entrepreneurial talent that you had. You've driven away all the people who thought for themselves. That's what happens with helicopter parenting. And it's, it's really well-intentioned. So um, one of the things I do with people is we talk about the acceptable error rate. And I'm like, they, they're going to make mistakes, right? So what is the, what, what's good enough, right? And then you make sure you have the training and you have to have some built-in flexibility for listening to their feedback because sometimes your employees know more than you. Most of the time they know more than you about what's going on in the front line and they often have better ideas than you do, right? And you get a lot comes from the franchise. They're going to supply you with a lot, but they're not going to supply you with every single thing. And you're really looking to employ people who can problem solve and who can solve their own problems on their feet. So that's what, uh, that's what helicopter parenting is and how I, I work with people to help them stop. Interesting. So yeah. in, in the world of franchising, some people feel like the franchisor, the parent company, is helicoptering the franchisees, and, and it's not true. Um, the franchise companies are very hands-off. They give you yeah. kind of the rule book, and then you go play the game, and you make the right. decisions, um, right. which is kind of a myth that I like to bust since you brought it up. And that's, that's busting it is that 
Um, it's your business and, and you make the decisions day in and day out. And when it comes time to sell it, you know, if you built it up nicely, you keep the profits. It's all yours because yeah. you built yeah. it. Um, but it and also seems, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'll just say you, you have so much experience. My guess would be also that I, and I know this in fact, franchise, different franchise opportunities have a different degrees of structure, right? And how much they control supply chain. Um, you know, if you're in a, a restaurant franchise, right, versus other things. So that's a choice. And again, point of going into the purchasing point, the more you know about yourself, you know about your goals, the more you're able to engage, the better job you're going to do at selecting the right franchise that's going to fit your needs. And you won't be surprised, right? So that's why people turn to, to you to, to help them through this process. No right. or, or they make the mistake and they don't turn to somebody like me. And they buy a business for the wrong reason, you know, yeah. like I love donuts. So let me open a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Not a smart idea. No. <laughs> do you love being up at, at 430 in the morning? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to make the donuts. Um, exactly. Yeah. Very, very well said. And it also seems that the uh, this idea is also connected. The helicopter parenting is connected to delegation. Right. Yeah. It goes back to Always. that. Yeah. Always. Always. That, that's the most important thing that we, we, we come from. There's a, there's a, a great speaker, author um, named Barbara Sher. She wrote Wishcraft like maybe 30 years ago. And she calls it pathological individualism. And that's sort of the biggest disease in America, especially in America, is that this thought that we got to do things on our own. And, you know, if you're, one of the great things about going into that, that franchise route is that you're not doing it on your own. And that's why coming in with a coach, putting those things together, also not doing it on your own. And delegation is about really knowing being, Hey, you know, I do need this team. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be at the, at the store at Duncan at 4am. Right. That's not, that's, that's not your pay grade is leading the people, managing, right. growing the business. It's not, man, you know, not that you won't do it if somebody's sick, right? But it's not at that level. That's uh, someone else's job. And your job is to make their life fulfilling and make their that job fulfilling and give them a stepping stone to growth in their own life, right? Yeah. And I think that once somebody gets out of their own way, then the business could really grow. And, and Absolutely. You know, I could I show a quick story about this because I was miserable at delegating when I started my own franchise. So I was in this smoothie franchise called Maui Wowie Smoothies. And then we basically had tiki huts on wheels. And, and the funny story is we had like these kind of washcloths that we would use on the deck because things were splashing all over the place. Yeah. And then you would take these washcloths and wash them every day because they would get mold if you didn't. Mm -hmm. And so a few months in, um, the, the president of the company calls me, this guy, Michael Haith, uh, who was like a mentor to me. And he said, um, so you're going in every day? And he's like, yeah. He's like, but why? You know, you have staff. You, it's been running for months now. And I said, Michael, who, who, who's going to wash the washcloths? And that, that became a thing in the business. Yeah. Who's going to wash the washcloths? And he's like, right. dude, let somebody take the washcloths home. Or let them sit a day. You can wash them the next day. You don't have to go in every single day. 
You're, you need to be talking to other venues and getting more gigs and, and doing that stuff, growing the business, hiring more people, not washing yeah. washcloths. <laughs> and so that became, to your point. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's a great one. Wash washcloths. <laughs> became the mantra. Um, I love it. No, it's really interesting. So you, you also talk about having your cake and eating it too having fun, making money. Um, tell us more about that. How do you help people do that? Well, one of the things is we get in this idea that somehow, you know, you can't, um, that somehow like there's, we always talk about life, life, work-life balance, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't talk about it like that. I'd say there's sort of internal versus external energy. So you invest in your, in your inside in stuff that generates more energy for you. And you invest outside in things that generate value for other people, some of which they'll pay you for, some of which maybe they'll take you out to dinner because they're your friends or they'll just, you know, your dog will love you because you said it, right? But there's, um, and that creates energy for you. The win-win is figuring out when you enjoy it and when you're creating value for other people. And so one of the things I do is really go through that in more of a systematic manner with people and looking at what do they most enjoy about the work about work they've done in the past, if this is the first time they've entered into a new business, and look at really what creates value, right? And who's the customer and really getting in touch with what creates value for the customer. A lot of times people are like, they're so focused on doing, producing their product, they forget that there's a person on the other side that needs to want to pay for that product. Same thing with employees. They're so focused on, I need people to staff. They're not thinking about what's the experience the employees are having. Why are people going to show up and continue to show up to work for you? So that is a, a big piece of it is to look at when you start to really get clear on that, it becomes so much easier. The delegation comes easier. You focus the work on the parts of the, the job that are really enjoyable for you. Um, you're able to transform. Like if you love sales, well, it's like, okay, but we could, what about partnership development? What about, you know, the getting that, the high you were used to get from the customer, the client, can you get that high from being the best boss possible, right? And having, being ranked a top place to work in your town, right? What are the things that you can do? So we'll work on transforming that, that you have a really good time because it should be fun. Life is not about killing yourself. Right. 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 About so, having great systems, right? Exactly. Systems, having the right team, having, there's so many pieces to it. But all of it can be really fun. If you approach it from a perspective of this is supposed to be a good time. We are spending, this is supposed to be something that generates energy. Yeah. It's actually very hard because most people are addicted to effort. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not looking at effort. You're looking at the effect, right? You're trying to create results. And yeah. the results, that, what you're trying to do is have a ratchet up the results relative to the effort. You want the return on your effort to be going up and up and up. And people get really into a cycle of we need to work, 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 work. And they look at their employees and they'll go, well, I need the employees to be grinding it out. And I'm like, why would you want that? Why would you mm -hmm. want your employees to be grinding it out? Why aren't we thinking of this as something where we're all trying to boost the return on that effort and that energy that we're investing? So that's something I actually have a bunch of tools and processes I work people through uh, in order to get them to that place where they can actually enjoy, right? Sit back and continue to grow. What's one tool that 
comes to mind that you can help somebody with that's almost like a universal type thing? So I have, um, I call it the energy investment investment matrix. And this one, I'll tell you, the one of the key ones is with relationships. So we, you do a task and everything, but basically you look at all the relationships you have, customers, clients, personal relationships, you know, vendors, whatever's coming up, your employees, and you map them out and you go, how much energy do I put in? Is this like an easy and just little energy in? Or is this somebody maybe high maintenance, got to put a lot of energy into them? And is it a positive or negative return? Mm -hmm. And the first thing we do is we look at everybody who's in that vampire category where you put a lot of effort in and it drains you. Mm -hmm. And we begin to break those, take each of those relationships. Sometimes you fire them. Sometimes you can just let them go, right? It's graceful exit. Sometimes though, let's say with a family member or something who's working in the business or even with your partner, what you can do is you can start to go at how do we shift the relationship? I'm going to stop trying to change the person. What I want to do is change the relationship between us. Coaching is a great way to go about it, um, especially if you can get the two and do a team coaching and do something where you have everyone in the room because usually that person also wants that relationship to be different. They just don't know how to do it. That will work with friends, family, dating, employees, customers, clients. That framework works with anything and you can shift it or exit. You have both of those options, but you, you're not going to get that if you just sit around complaining, which is what most people do. Yes. So true. So true. So, What's one thing that you're really excited about right now in, in your world, in your business? I'm really excited about um, this sort of specific program I'm working on to help um, partnerships in through transition, through internal sales. So situations when you're not trying to just go to a broker and sell it all the way out, you're actually trying to say, uh, sell it to a couple employees. Um, or, and especially if you've got, you know, let's say two owners, and they're trying to sell to two or three law firms, great example of this, but any professional services, um, most businesses, actually smaller businesses end up in the situation. And it's really, really interesting because there's so many dynamics there, not just with the people who are trying to sell and what he talked about getting on and, and knowing where they're going, but also the hopes and dreams of the people who want to buy and making sure that that transition works, that there's support all the way through. Because I always say like what happens often is people run to the numbers and then the numbers are like this and then they're really far apart and things break down. But when if you, if you put the numbers down and you say, what's the vision? What are the goals? What do we all care about? Then you can come together and usually there's a solution in there. So that's the thing I'm most excited about right now, helping people through that transition. That is great. I love it. What is one myth about business coaching that you would, like to break right here right now um the the biggest one i i get is that like i'm gonna tell you what to do i'm gonna like do your job for you somehow i get people come in and, and i'm like you know maybe, maybe you want a consultant that person might call themselves a coach but i'm here to kind of help set the stage and create the space and ask the right questions so you can understand what you're going to do going forward and the tips and tricks and everything like that. But I'm not here to tell you which, if you've got a relationship issue that's, you know, with your, your brother and you guys running this business, there's some issues. I'm not here to tell you whether to fire your brother or not. I, that's not my job. 
what I'm here to do is help you understand how you could shift that relationship. And it's up to you to choose what you're going to do with it. So I think that sometimes people get dis- uh, not disappointed, but more in when I'm pitching, they'll go, well, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And I'm like, this is your business. I can give you some, we can go through the options, but it's up to you to make that decision. I can't make that decision for you. Make suggestions, they make decisions. That's how it goes. Exactly. That's a, that's a good coaching yeah. relationship. Exactly. Fantastic. How, how can people get in touch with you as we, as we wrap this up? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's a great way to find me. There's not too many Kezia Robinson. So K E is in Edward, Z is in Zebra, I A H. Robinson spelled the way you'd expect. Or um, people can check out my website, um, www.cassia-partners.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-A-partners.com. Both of those are great ways to uh, to get in touch with me. And I'm always interested in hearing people's business journeys and business stories. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. And all that information will be on the Franchise Academy Dot com. So check that out. If you didn't catch the correct spelling of Kezia's name, um, we'll get it up there. Um, mm-hmm. And any parting words for the listeners? One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was to assume positive intent. Mm-hmm. And I would say, if you can't get the positive, just get to neutral. So I, I think that's one of the core things I always encourage people to do because as we said, it's a people business. And, uh, and if you go into it with that attitude, you're going to find a lot easier to manage, to work with your partners, um, to work with your vendors, uh, and to, and to honestly, to work with yourself. Well, that's great. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming out and, and hanging out with the uh, franchise Academy. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so much. So have a great day and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Kezia. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.